Blue and white at night. We this is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Center ice. So now, Dermott with a goal. Uh, Bogosian looking to... And now another puck in front of the net, and Bakayev, the soup man, has finally stirred a little bit of something into the soup, and he has his first goal of the year. How about that? 411 days later, prayers answered. Leafs doubled up the Canadians 4-2. Toronto has won four straight and eight of nine. That's right, a nine-game point streak for the Buds. Just keep on going here. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you. At the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stellick here in Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan. We'll have the season debut of Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca and Hockey Night in Canada coming up later on in the show. And we'll hear the uh, their pre-usuals on Zoom, including uh, Sheldon Keefe, another victory on the road for the Maple Leafs, Gordo. Yeah. Got to be happy as well. We talked about, you know, with the injuries and the balance and depth and all that coming into play. And look who gets the goal last tonight. Travis Dermott back in the lineup. Justin Hull. Uh, only had two goals last year, gets one. And uh, Ilya Mikheyev, I think you mentioned his first goal in 411 days. It was Dermott's first goal in 405 days. So wasn't the usual suspects like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, but the Leafs, and we mentioned the number one thing, the it factor, finding a way to win. And again, bang, bang, like the Vancouver Canucks found out the other night, It's uh, they strike twice in a short period of time. And that's when you kind of sat back and started breathing easy if you are a Leaf fan. You're right. It's all about the quick stake offense. Two games in a row, 2-11 and 11, uh, seconds the other night against the Vancouver Canucks. 2-42 and 42 tonight leads to this 4-2 win. Can't say enough uh, great things about Sokolov's own Zach Hyman was outstanding again tonight, Gordo. <laughs> was he ever? Oh. He got ripped off on getting that. Like, they were going to start the period. As a matter of fact, the second period sheets showed that uh, a penalty had been drawn by the Maple Leafs and Edmondson was the only penalty. So they're going to be on the power play. And then the, the phantom dive was called against Hyman. Unbelievable. Anyway, brutal. Yeah, again, there was a brutal call in the first period against yeah. Shea Weber. So, I mean, it, but just, it doesn't matter. They over, Leafs overcome it as a team. And uh, Zach Hyman, let's see his ice time. Cause he always plays a, he's playing a ton 40 of minutes, ton of ice time <laughs> right now. Um, Geez, 18-23 wasn't as much as I thought, but still out there all the time. Empty netters. He's the most trustworthy forward out there. So, and he loves his apples, his empty net goals, but he's the guy that gets the puck out and then he gets over the red line. I'm glad because they say you can ice it now and analytics say you can ice it. I say, forget it. Get over the line. He must have a real good pool or snooker table in his basement because he kind of just has that nice feel feathering it in. Well, he's just reliable, right? Like he just knows where to be defensively speaking, which leads to opportunity. And it also is just the weird nuances in the game. Like I always chuckle that Martin Jones is is the best goaltender in the shootout. Like the guy can't make a save in regulation, gets the shootout. He always wins. Won again last night for the San Jose Sharks. And to that point, again, I just think Hyman's become really, really reliable. And again, part of this Maple Leafs victory, 4-2 against the Montreal Canadiens. Now, without a shadow of a doubt, Gord, the rotostelic turning point in this game happening in the second period. John Tavares, the captain, leaves this game after a melee with uh, Shea Weber. You know, head hits the ice, bleeding everywhere. Cut we, and bloodied. Everything. It was like a blade job from 1998 WWF style. Adrian. Exactly. Adrian. Comes back. Two apples. Uh, like That just personified what you want and what you need in this market as a captain, and he goes about his job. John Tavares, I believe, has, what, 14 points, 15 points in 14 games now? Well, and the other the other part about it is, like, the greasy area. Yeah. 
And he's, he's so I love that all these elite players are have different elite skills. And he doesn't have the flash and panache that Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner have, but the greasy area. And he played a really greasy game. He And then him and Willie Nylander, wow. And Willie Nylander, part of the problem is the inconsistency about those kind of shifts. But uh, they almost pulled a highlight real goal of the ages, the two of them together. Didn't quite go in. But, uh, yeah, well, it's just fun to watch. And, hey, if you're a Montreal Canadian fan, too, they're a fun team to watch. They, they really are a fun team. Even the Leafs outplayed them tonight. Leafs deserve the win. But certainly there's there's a lot. The, the Montreal Canadiens really have their act together and playing a real good style of hockey. Quite honestly, I think my biggest positive to gain from this game, and, you know, I had to look up and see that Montreal, what, 35 shots? I think defensively speaking, the Maple Leafs actually held Montreal in check in this game. Like outside of Josh Anderson, outside of maybe the last five minutes, the tar scores on the doorstep. I thought from a defensive standpoint, the Maple Leafs had one of their better games of the season, which again is interesting to say because they surrendered 35 shots on goal. But let's not forget, Montreal came into this this game, I believe third in the league with four goals per game. And I just think they really limited the, the time and space for the Habs in this game. Yeah, 35-24 shots favoring Montreal. I'd, I'd Off the top, I'd say scoring chances 20-10 for Toronto yeah. or, or something like that. But, you know, that's the style Barry Trotz plays. And again, when they look at analytics, one big, one big thing they look at is zone time. And the amount of time you have the puck in the offensive zone is obviously a positive. But Barry Trotz and the Leafs tonight go, ah, uh, not so fast. Guess what? If you got the puck in the offensive zone, but you're out against the boards where we want you to be, you can have it all you want. And you can, you know, you can uh, eat up time or put time there, add add to your time in the offensive zone, but you're not getting to the area where it really counts. And I think that, to your point, Nick, was a lot what we saw from the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. And certainly we are early on in this season. The Maple Leafs game 14 for them, Montreal game 13. But suddenly you look at the standings and we talk about distance. Uh, you know, now a five-point gap in the standings. Again, these two teams back together at Scotiabank Arena coming up on Saturday night. But a five-point gap in the standings between Toronto and Montreal and seven between Toronto and Edmonton, who currently holds third in this division. And that's what we talk about last year. There was a step back for the Maple Leafs that I think also, even though there was a gap before the bubble, they just never got going and they didn't get going in the bubble. The Toronto Maple Leaf team, as it's constituted, whether they're in the Atlantic division or this year in the North division, have no business not being in the playoffs easily in the regular season, okay? No business whatsoever. So last year, they dug themselves a huge hole. The unthinkable happened, the coaching change. And then they got out of the hole. But then they didn't have the it factor to put the hammer down. They're battling with the Florida Panthers for a final playoff spot. I mean, it was they they had the spot, but it was in peril. And that's what you're getting now. They're saying, okay, if there's going to be a have and have not in our division, we are going to be a have. And that's what I'm loving about it. I said just that factor about finding. I mean, Carey Price, what are the odds tonight? You're, you're the big odd guy, but you said, okay, Toronto scores three goals, and it's by the first three goals with the goaltender in on Carey Price mm-hmm. are Dermot, Mikheyev, and Justin Hall. I mean, odds would be off the roof, right? So, For sure. uh, so that's that's what's great about it. All of a sudden, when you need it from those guys, uh, they come up with it. Well, that's the thing, right, is the depth scoring. And and again, uh, we talked about it uh, in the pregame show. Joe Bowen brought it up as well. Uh, Supi Mikheyev was overdue, right? Came into this game, 20 shots on goal, zeros across the board when it came to offense. And it's just so amazing to me watching this sport when somebody scores a goal and they've been in a slump how it goes to your legs. And there was a play after that goal where Soupy was skating so fast, he overskated the puck cord. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's just tremendous. You know, how much confidence goes to a player when they score a goal? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And just, uh, yeah, yeah, the next time he went into overdrive, but, uh, (laughs) and and we mentioned, and Sheldon Keefe has mentioned that 
the big thing is he has not scored, but he's doing the other things. And that's always yeah. huge because if they're not doing the other things, then it's a problem. But he did the other. They just showed a great view. So Montreal got a one nothing lead on Josh Anderson goal. We hadn't seen this view before that uh, just uh, over a minute into the game. So it gives Montreal one nothing lead. Uh, he finished it. He created in a big way by a great hit on Jake Muzzin. And it shows now a view from the Montreal bench when Muzzin didn't, he went in, wasn't going to go over, but guess who pretended to try to help him? Corey Perry. Mm. Corey Perry's sitting on the bench and he gets, Muzzin would not have got back into the play, but Corey Perry gives a little, a little like I'm pretending to help, but I'm actually holding you for one steamboat from getting back in the play. Veteran so, savvy. Gord. Yes. And again, that yes. rivalry back in the day with Anaheim and Los Angeles, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're right about that. Yeah. Jeez. You're right about that. Just, Hey, what are those little things? And, and you know what? Montreal's got it too. Uh, these are the two best teams. These are the the uh, the teams that have the more most character and grit right now in the North Division. And uh, look, I, I think you know we'll talk more about other teams as they come around, and they will. I got to believe, like the Winnipeg Jets, for example, will be competitive, what have you. But right now, these are the two teams that are going at it the best. And again, it just makes me laugh. You you take a peek at the standings, and it's like you still can't get away from the Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Bees win again tonight. Brad Marchand, the OT winner on Broadway, and Tampa doesn't lose games. Like it just shows you that these teams are going nowhere. And I, for one, don't think the North division will be a thing following this COVID season. It just shows you there's some strong teams. Now you add Montreal too. Well, yeah. And I mentioned both. We've, we've all said both Montreal and Toronto had to kind of get a sigh of relief and go good. We don't wake up with the president's trophy <laughs> champions, the Boston Bruins and the yeah. Tampa Bay lightning, the Stanley cup champions in our division. So that's kind of neat. But then at this point, and we've mentioned it a few times and we will repeat it. It's kind of saying, geez, we'd really like to see our team. And I'm, Montreal fans would feel the same way. Let's get a game against Boston. Let's get a game against Tampa Bay. Like, let, let's, let's, let's go into that deep end of the pool and, and, and see what it's like battling those guys. Well, as we know, it'll just be in the playoffs for whichever of the seven uh, North Division teams get out of it. Again, that's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga here on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan. The Maple Leafs win again. That's right, four in a row, eight of nine. They win 4-2 here at the Bell Center in Montreal. These two teams get back together at Scotiabank Arena on Saturday night. A game we'll have for you again here on uh, Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. If you'd like to chime in, I think another huge factor for me in this game, Gordo, you score four goals. Again, granted, one was an empty netter, but none from the big boys. The the streak of eight games in a row for Austin Matthews. This is a good building thing for this team. The fact that you don't have to rely on these guys all the time. It's good to have those games where they're not on the score sheet and you still find a way to win the hockey game. Yeah, and uh, my buddy John Anderson is sighing a, a sigh of relief. He's got the record 11 consecutive <laughs> games. Of course, there's the odd John Anderson burger still in the Toronto area. So that streak ends for Austin Matthews, and you know he'll get one. I mean, it, it's going to be fun. He's going to be going for the uh, he's going to be going for the Rocket Richard oh, yeah. Trophy last year, just like when he was battling David Pasternak and Ovechkin right to the abbreviated end. And uh, so the the other part is they did not give up a power play goal. So they had given yes. up power play goals in eight consecutive games. Had the Maple Leafs. So the PK was a positive. So there's a an individual stat in Matthews consecutive game street that goes by the wayside, but there's one that they like to put by the wayside. Uh, no nine consecutive games giving up a power play goal. Yeah, you're right on that front. And again, I was a little fired up off air about the uh, Hyman embellishment call, but we'll leave it alone because it actually led <laughs> to were... a four on four goal. I was. But that's a great, no, but that's a great part about yeah. these kind of games, yeah. right? That's a great part about these. Kind of, and we, and again, we also acknowledged it was a terrible call uh, on Shea Weber yeah. in the first period. I yeah. just, I, I keep going back to, from being not not a ref at any great levels, but I love doing it. It was good, easy money. I don't think I was bad at the level I was doing it. But yeah. don't call something you don't see. 
Like if you miss something, you miss something. Don't, but don't call something you don't see. And again, you know, just my huge gripe with it. It's not like it was somebody else. Like it's Zach Hyman. He, he's routinely the hardest working guy on the ice, at least the top three. And you're going to call him for embellishment. You know, upon further review, maybe he he helped the call along, but who doesn't look, you know, go for a call in this league? I mean, it's the same in the NBA all the time. And that's a different story. But I mean, that was my huge issue with it. It was the fact that it was Zach Hyman and nobody else, you know? That's where, you know, you were, it's like the old karate kid that I, I was the, I was the wise sage and you were the young protege. True. And I did tell you, don't engage on, mm-hmm. uh, don't engage on social media Being with someone that was going at it. Yeah. Someone that put a line in there for you to do the big old tug. Right. And at the end of it, <laughs> at the end of it, we're all good there and we're all good. No, we're great. On, right. Gravy. Okay. Good. Gravy. Good. Just uh, the officiating. <laughs> I just don't want them to get involved. I'm just setting the path for later on this season. I would love the <laughs> officials to stay out of it. I want Montreal and Toronto to decide this division, not the officials, Gordo. Yeah, and you know, and you take a look tonight, okay? Mark Jonette and then Michael Markovic. Now, Michael Markovic's a new official. I'm not saying I don't I have no idea who called the penalties now. Just but without without exhibition games and a lot of things, it's 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 not ideal circumstances for them either. I don't know why I'm making excuses for everybody right you now. Are, but yeah, I know. But, you're a zebra but guy now. I'm 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 pointing I'm being a bit of a not a contrarian kind of I like hey, that you. It's Leaf World, right? They're winning, they're on a roll. The you know, food tastes better, the air is fresher, you know, you're right. in I, I COVID would, world. Yeah. I would let this pass. I will let this pass because the Maple Leafs won. Had they not won, I'd probably be a bit more fired up on the broadcast. So I'll digress on that front. The Maple Leafs improving a two oh and oh uh two of ten in this season with Montreal and again a five point Gap here in the standings again coming up later on. Chris Johnson of Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca will break it all down for us. And uh, again, the Maple Leafs, uh, again, outside of the first goal, Josh Anderson scores. Like you, you hate to see that from your goaltender, just the way it went in. I get it. Uh, but I think Frederick Anderson rebounded. And again, a lot was from, from the outside. Like again, the Maple Leafs surrender 35 shots on goal in this game. But from a defensive point of view, like I, I was pretty impressed. You know, th- this is a big... This was a big time test for me. Granted, you know, it's just two games against Montreal, but one of the more elite teams goal scoring wise in this division, in this league. And I thought Toronto did a really good job of, of keeping them to the outside in this game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and we mentioned after the first period, it was just weird that uh, that was the only scoring chance Montreal seemed to have. And the Leafs had had say about six, including one by Hyman before the goal in the first minute, before the first 30 seconds before Montreal scored that goal. But just, didn't get him on net, just whatever puck bouncing, shooting wide, not even on the post or crossbar. So eventually you keep going at it. You keep working. And those kind those kind of shots start going in, even though from the most unlikely of players. And one of the things I'll be looking forward to seeing as the season goes on, um, I wonder if the Maple Leafs have a bit of a book on Carey Price, which is hard. Uh, clearly one of the best goaltenders on this planet, but uh, a lot upstairs tonight, um, certainly on the McKayev one, that was a fantastic pass first and foremost to get him the puck. But Justin Hall, the clapper, Dermot goes shelf. You know, I, I remember. Remember the Carey Price past press conference when he'd had a couple of tough games, and somebody just brought it up about what it may be. He has a good way of handling people oh, that so way. Coy. But yeah. But um, hey, anybody has a um, okay, not a weak area, but they're let's call it their least strong area. How about that? So you're right. You know, and nowadays. Um, the the way things are scouted and the knowledge and it's not no one's going down haphazard haphazard on any situation right away. So even uh, as good a goaltender as there is arguably in the game right now, still, uh, yeah, there are better ways to beat them. Per Sportsnet stats, who we always applaud for their efforts here on Leafs Nation post game, best fourteen game starts in Maple Leafs history. Of course, now eleven two and one. The closest thing was ninety three ninety four eleven one and two Gordo. 
Remember that well? You know, that's the strength. They had that great run in 93, started 94 with 10 consecutive wins, and then um, had a better run or a same kind of run, but lost in the uh, final to Vancouver, the conference final in five games, and then just plummeted to earth, plummeted to earth after that. Got the, anyway, that's a whole other story about <laughs> getting the money shorts and what happens mm. back then. That won't be an issue anymore for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Actually, more of an issue nowadays is the, an ownership group that would be willing to spend, and now you got the cap. Very well said. The Maple Leafs feeling great about life. I wonder if they uh, stop and get some uh, hot dogs at La Belle Provence tonight. They deserve it. No doubt about that. A 4-2 win here for the Maple Leafs back home on Saturday to host the very same Montreal Canadiens. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic. Other side, the uh, postgame is starting to filter in a bit. Maybe we'll hear from Austin Matthews, uh, Hall, and a couple others. And, of course, Sheldon Keefe, Chris Johnson still upcoming. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic. At the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stellick, Maple Leafs win it 4-2 here against the Montreal Canadiens. This is Leafs Nation pregame, or excuse me, postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 The Fan. Breaking down, what's up? What's up? This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Brings it back now to Hall, middle of the ice, winding and shooting, scores! Justin Hall rifles it from the blue line. And we talked about Montreal's defense scoring. The Leafs had just three coming into this game, and defensemen have scored both here tonight. First goal in 19 for Justin Hall, part of a 4-2 win for the Maple Leafs on the road here in Montreal. Leafs Nation postgame continues here on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. Again, still to come, Sheldon Keefe, Chris Johnson, and this will be the second appearance, my mistake, to clarify for Chris Johnson on the program this season. We love having CJ on to share his thoughts. But Justin Hall looked like a guy who scored before Gordo. He scored twice last yeah. year, so he has scored before. And, um, yeah, you know, Jake Muzzin got three assists as well. Give Jake credit. But mm-hmm. on that defensive pairing, it's it's more credit to Justin Hall. He has been the steadier of the two. Mm. You know, and when you looked at the Leafs template, you viewed, okay, there's Morgan Riley. You got, you got Muzzin as a solid. Let's hope TJ Brody can fit in and so on and so on and so on. So uh, nice guys just shooting from the point. Uh, innocent enough looking shots, but they go in and may, maybe that's the best way to beat Gary Price. Yeah, and again, uh, that's you're right. And certainly a, a prevailing story in this game. Um, you know, the fact that Austin Matthews doesn't score a goal and they still find a way to get the job done, right? Um, I think, again, I thought Matthews is okay in this game. I thought he was fine. Uh, that's the biggest thing for me this season, Gord, is that... Even when he's not producing, you notice him out there, don't you? Yeah, Shea Weber was a minus three. Now I'm yeah. sure he would have been out there for the empty net as as one of them. But yeah. uh, but but he and the Montreal did a good job on Austin Matthews. Yeah. They, they really did. They did a good job on the big guns. But saying that Austin Matthews still gets an assist, mm-hmm. he still gets three shots on goal, but he did not get open in those real dangerous areas. And and that that Montreal team has a has a real good team defense. But if you keep going and going like the Maple Leafs did tonight, you are going to uh, eventually find 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 a break somewhere. Always think of the old saying, you can't stop him, you can only hope to contain him. And that truly is uh, Austin Matthews in a nutshell. Speaking of Matthews, here, here's what he had to say post-game. Hey, Austin, uh, the guys of the team's relied so much on you and Mitch for offense this year. I'm just wondering what it does for the team and how nice it is to see you know, a lot of guys get their, uh, get their first tonight. I mean, I think that's great. Uh, you know, you just build confidence throughout the lineup. Um, you know, Jeremy's been out for a bit. He comes back, scores a big, big goal for us. 
uh, Holly as well. Mickey gets his first. Uh, I mean, I think that's just all all really positive stuff for us. Um, you know, those guys start feeling it. They get confidence and, um, you know, they start rolling. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's great. It was a huge win for us tonight as well. How do you see the game play out, you know, in general? It looked a little bit like a last game. Just took you guys a little bit of time to get going, and then you sort of found your legs in the final period? I thought... Uh, First ten, I thought they uh, we just kind of weathered the storm there, but um, you know, I thought we started to get some opportunities, and then there was just uh, periods in, in the game where um, you know they kind of put their foot on the gas, and, and we were back on our heels, and, and vice versa. So uh, that's a good team over there. Uh, all throughout their lineup, they got a lot of depth, um, great goaltending, and uh, they play really tight defensively. So I think it's uh, you know a testament to, to our game tonight, and just sticking with it. A couple big goals by our guys, and uh, and hanging on there at the end. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Austin Ilya gets his first of the season, but but we know he's had his chances. What sort of offensive upside do you, do you see for him? Yeah, he's so fast, and I think you see it every night. Um, you know, his ability uh, to get around defenders and get in there on the floor check first. And, um, you know, he's had plenty of instances this season where he's just blown by defense and he's hit crossbars where the boys make good saves. And, um, you know, it's definitely frustrating at times for sure. And, um, you know, it's really nice to see him break through tonight. Uh, he's a big part of this team, um, you know, plays a, plays a really solid role for us. And, um, you know, it's always good to see those guys get going. And hopefully this leads to more and more goals for him. What do you like about how the team is dealing with these tight games and maybe finding ways to win when you don't have your A game right out of the start? What What's standing out in that respect? Um, I think just our structure defensively, um, not panicking with the puck, staying inside and uh, forcing them on the outside, trying to, you know, they're, they're a good team again to, to, to the offensive net. And uh, I thought we did a pretty decent job uh, for the most part, keeping them away. Freddie made some big saves for us. And, uh, just try to weather the storm when you have to. Um, I think that's what good teams do. Um, you know, you know they're going to get their chances and get their looks. Uh, just try to min- minimize that throughout the game. And uh, Freddie came up with some big saves. All right, there you have it, Austin Matthews via Windows ninety eight cord. <laughs> it's it is different. Does he have it solitaire on his computer there. Is, you know, you know, um, we he, he's not the captain of the team. It's funny. Uh, he seems to speak more than Tavares nowadays. But I, I said that. Dion Phaneuf, I always, I, I say it all the time that I, I, I really liked him. He, um, he tried to be a real good captain, but his droning on and the team wasn't doing great became what you associated with negativity, right? Now we're, the Leafs are winning now, so it's a positive, but uh, Austin's got, Austin's got better at the post-game stuff, even on Zoom. Do you remember the mass hysteria? I think it was last year, but it seems like this year has been 700 days where Dion Phaneuf was at Scotiabank Arena and people were going crazy that Phaneuf was signing with the Leafs to play hockey again. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, yes, a yes. A long, long time I know, ago. I know. I uh, He is... Uh, <laughs> Sam McKee broke that. A great producer yeah. broke that on Twitter well, and it blew up because it's Toronto. It was... Uh, <laughs> you know, Brian Burke went, went hunting with him last year. Out, that's the one thing out in Calgary. That's the, that, the biggest Dion Phaneuf sighting I've got, I think, uh, unfortunately, it's game, set, and match for him. <laughs> you never know, but I heard he was big in the room playing the boombox too, right? Um, I'm never in the room. I don't know the room. <laughs> the room is the room. I don't get in the room. Yeah, that is a good point, Gord. That's why you're a professional broadcaster. Uh, with, that, uh, with that in mind, we, we will roll on. Uh, Justin Hall, again, I, I agree with your sentiments. And he's not really a guy that's talked about a lot, but like he has really, really improved from a defensive point of view. I think anytime you can have Justin Hall chip in offensively and – it just shows you, you know, 
be careful how you analyze a deal um, and you know, sort of the maturation of a player because I think defensively speaking, it's been leaps and bounds. Maybe it's a long hair for Justin Hall. He's feeling good about life. <laughs> so so he's got he's one of those people that stylus has just disappeared. Yeah. And uh, he turned 29 about a week ago. And uh, good on him being the healthy scratch for so many games uh, one year and playing in the ECHL just a, just a couple of years. It's uh, Jeff Petrie on the Montreal Canadian side. What a season oh. he's having. Great, uh, great story on sportsnet.ca as well that uh, like a, an interesting connection. We know his dad is Dan Petrie, a former major league pitcher, but through his wife's dad, his father-in-law, baseball guy in the Houston area who coached all three of, or three of Roger Clemens' kids. So they bang trash cans there too, or uh, they didn't. They it was no. before the trash can uh. thing, but uh, but Jeff uh, got to know Roger Clemens a little bit. And aside from uh, what supplements telling him to take or not take, he, <laughs> I, he I hope not. He gave him great advice about the whole mental part of the game. So he, he gives that he get, it, just a weird confluence of a connection that way, helping helping his mental part of the game. We're on a roll tonight, and so are the Maple Leafs. They've won four in a row, eight of nine. Here is Justin Hall. Justin, uh, congrats on the goal tonight. I wanted to talk a little bit about Freddie and. And what he's meant to you guys uh, on nights when maybe you don't have your best game for the for a couple of periods, it takes you, it keeps you, get you to get you going to keep you in games. What's he, what's he doing that you've been liking? Totally, uh, he's making a lot of saves. He, um, he's making critical saves too, or timely saves when we really need them. And um, he's allowing us to find our game, and he's allowing us to um, catch fire at the right time. So uh, I really can't say enough good things about what he's done for our squad and. Um, you know, he's feeling it, and it's really great for us. Thanks. Next up, we'll go to Luke Fox. Sportsnet, go ahead, Luke. Justin, I'm guessing scoring's not on your mind when you start a game, but how good does that feel, especially when it's been a while? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, that's not my number one role, but um, it feels good to contribute offensively, and uh, like you said, it has been a while, so uh, it's actually been a while since I scored on goalie. I think my last one was an empty netter, and then it was a while previously before that one. So, um, yeah, it feels good, and, um, you know, I'm just happy that we are able to get the win. Any uh, joking or, or chirping about, about the length of the, the goal drought? Uh, no, everyone's pretty nice about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next up, we'll go to Terry Koshan, Trauma Sun. Go ahead, Terry. Justin, obviously we see tonight the importance of guys uh, picking it up a bit when – you know, Austin and, and, and Mitch aren't on the score sheet, but what does it mean to yourself to contribute in a win like this and see Ilya score his first and, and Dermot get his first in uh, in over a year as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really good for our, our group because, um, you know, we obviously rely heavily on our star players um, and they're bringing it every night. Um, but on the odd night that they um, are held in check or say what you will, about, um, or what, what you call it what you want, but... Um, it's nice to see some secondary scoring, and you know that's a, I think that's a good mark of really good teams. And now that we've seen the shot, can we expect to see it again sometime? Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I've, I've uncorked it now, so there's no turning back. Thanks. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Justin, can you take us through the thought process? You get the puck, you have time, you're staring down Carey Price. Like, What are you seeing as that unfolds? Uh, yeah, it was uh, JT gave me the puck, really nice pass, and I was able to find some space. And then I wound up, and right when I wound up, I saw Willie out of the corner of my beaver tail. And so um, as I came down, I was like, oh, man, Willie's going to want this biscuit, you know. But I ended up going in, and, uh, you know, all's well that ends well. All right, there you have it, Justin Hall. That audio courtesy of Anthony Stewart's old Blackberry. <laughs> like, it's it's 2021. 
professional yeah. millionaire athletes, billionaire teams. Let's let's figure it out. We'll yeah. hit the break here, Gordo. We'll come back uh, with Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night and Candidates, Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic after another Maple Leafs victory, 4-3 here in Montreal. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet, 590 The Fan. We need to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. All right, welcome back to Leafs Nation postgame here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Maple Leafs 4, Canadians 2, Toronto has won 4 in a row and 8 of 9. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic and uh, the great thing about this year in the 56-game schedule, these two teams back at it, Gord, on Saturday night. Yeah, we saw with Vancouver three in a row. We'll get uh, minimum two in a row, it seems, every time. And this, uh, yeah, I'd, I just wish, um, take the Via Rail train or take whatever you get and go there and have a fun time in Montreal, just like Montreal Canadian fans come back and have a fun time in Toronto. So uh, now, now you're talking about two teams that probably or arguably or should be battling it out in the playoffs to get to the final four at least neck and neck no doubt about that toronto the five-point gap now in the standings montreal does have a game in hand as we welcome in for the second time this season excuse me it's chris johnson of sportsnet sportsnet.ca and hockey net in canada cj thanks so much for taking the time tonight uh what did you make of this 4-2 win i thought the leafs played pretty well actually i know that it's it's one of those ones you can if you're just looking at the, the stats page or the, the shots on goal, you know, probably it looks like Montreal dominated, but, you know, I thought Toronto did well to, to weather the storm early, you know, the, the first, the first shot goes in not usually a sign of what's, what's going to be a good night. But, um, you know, I, I, I sense there's almost honestly just an attitude about this team or a mindset. Um, they're, they're obviously very confident with, with reeling off this, this number of victories and this kind of record earlier in the year. And, and, you know, this is uh we're going to be measuring, I think, the Leafs and the Habs pretty closely, you know, right through to, to May 8th when, when the, the regular season's due to end. So, um, you know, this was a bit of a statement win, I think, for Toronto. Not not maybe in the way they want it, but just that they found their way through the game and, and uh, you know, didn't give, give up too much to Montreal against. Chris, what I like, and I mentioned that this was supposed to be last year. The Maple Leafs now are in a position that they have no business not being in the playoffs, the kind of team they have. And last year, instead, they got in trouble from the word go, never really got going, never really got going in the summer. And and this it factor, whether it was being down two goals to Montreal the first time, whether it's scoring two goals quickly in a game they got outplayed against Vancouver or two goals quickly tonight. I mean, there's just that that different element about going for the juggler that this particular group's had many things, but never really has had that. Yeah, you know, I I don't know if it's... It's probably a combination of factors, right? It's not just one thing, but, but bringing in... Some of the personalities they did, I think, has helped. You know, we can't look past the fact that that Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and all these guys are growing up too. You know, it's it's another extra year of development and experience and confidence and all those types of things. Um, you know, the, the Leafs have, you know, despite sort of having a dominant record at eleven two and one. You know, a lot of these games have been one goal games or tied games in the third period where they've had to to go out and chase a win and and you know they've managed to to do that a bunch. And I you know I have to think that the the, the team's collective confidence grows through that too. So, you know, there's they're, they're they're really on a mission this year. I think that they understand that it's a pretty special opportunity. You know, playing in a division with with seven, you know, six other teams, and and you know, knowing that one of them is going to get to the third round, um, you know, guaranteed with the way that the system works. And let's face it, let's call it as it is. They, they've they've been freed for a time here from Boston and Tampa. You know, two of the best teams in the league that have, you know, I think 
played a huge part in the narrative about them never winning a playoff series or not being able to win a playoff series is the fact that they were playing in a pretty darn tough division before. And, you know, this one, I think, has some more opportunity for them. And, and so far, they're really uh, seizing on it. Conversing with Chris Johnson, Maple Leafs win again 4-2 here in Montreal, 11-2 and 1 in the season. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation postgame. Uh, we got a dose of Matthews and Marner on the PK. What did you think of that? I love it. You know, I, I think if you have two nuclear weapons like that, you want to use them as much as you can. Um, you know, these guys have both been fantastic. You know, I thought Marner maybe the first couple of games were, were a little slow, and I know Austin didn't, didn't score an opening night, but, you know, they've they've been humming, and they, they've really been the engine that, that's driving the team. Um, you know, I think that the, the, the fact that they've produced as well as they have so consistently in the year has allowed them to win these games where, you know, I think they're still trying to find something on that second line. I mean, it's, it's partly due to the, the injury situation and all the jockeying, but, you know, we, we haven't really had a, a permanent winger for, for Tavares and, and, and Nylander yet in the season. And those guys haven't really performed as well five on five in terms of cashing in chances as you'd like, but, you know, it doesn't matter so much when, when you have uh, Matthews and Marner going. So, you know, obviously Mitch has, has played a lot of PK for the Leafs the last year or two. You know, I think Austin wants to do it. Uh, makes sense for him to do it given, you know, how, how good he is in the faceoff dot and, and, you know, I think that he also gives the other team something to think about uh, when he's out there. We even saw them have a, a brief little two-on-one there on the on the one PK shift, and you know, I don't think Martin or Sam Matthews there, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if that if that continues to see some uh, shorthanded goals going off their sticks too. Boy, that was a greasy warrior type game by John Tavares. You know, gets injured, bloodied, comes back, and he really had a edge. Really had an attitude. Yeah, my dad texted me. He said the hockey players are tough, aren't they? I mean, it's. It's true. I mean, seeing Shea Weber fall on you and, you know, hit his, his head into the, the ice, he said he lost a lot of blood out of his nose. We saw some of that on, on the TV broadcast. I mean, um, you know, was, was worried when, when he left, but uh, he came back with a little bit of purpose. Purpose, I think, was his first shift, uh, you know, the, the four-on-four shift where, where Dermot scored uh, after he returned to the game from, from the dressing room. And, um, you know, I, I, I actually think Tavares is, is skating pretty well this year. You know, I, I think that... that He's someone who's benefited in some ways from the amount of off time that the players have had through the, the pandemic and everything to, to heal his body because, you know, I, I don't think he was ever totally healthy at, at any point last season. And, you know, the, the production hasn't been there for him yet at five on five, but you know, I have to believe it's coming because, you know, I think he's, he's playing pretty well. So if you invest in the process, you're probably going to get some results. And, and, you know, we saw tonight that uh, he can take a bit of a beating too and, and you know, battle through that as well. The pride of Coburg, uh, Chris Johnson, our guest here. Uh, I have to get to Zach Hyman. Next thing you know, you look up and it's four and five and nine points in 14 games. He's a UFA to be following this season. Do you have any sense of, of what's happening there when it comes to Zach Hyman and re-upping here? I, I don't think a whole lot's happening. You know, this is this is a unique case, right? You're, you're dealing with a hometown kid, um, you know, someone who lives in Toronto year-round, I, I think has a great relationship with management and the coaching staff. I mean, there's no question in my mind that Toronto Maple Leafs value Zach Hyman. Uh, you know, the, the business question that, that, you know, still has to be worked through is can they afford to pay him, you know, something close to market value with, with their cap situation? And I think it's going to be tough. Um, you know, with, with $40 million paid to the top four forwards, there's, there's not a lot of money to, to pay the next best guy. And, and he might at this point be the next best guy, uh, depending on how you view things. Um, and so, you know, I, I think at some point Zach's going to probably have to decide is, you know, wh- where his priorities are exactly, you know, is it, is it maximizing his earning potential on this deal? Because this will probably be, no matter where he signs it, I think it's safe to say his, 
the richest contract he signs as an NHL player, just just given his age and the production he's he's had these last couple seasons. And so, you know, I don't I don't know if it's going to be in Toronto. It doesn't sound like, um, you know, it's it's too active. But but as I say, I think it's unique in, in that uh, you know both sides. You know, there's there's a lot of good faith there. You know, between them. And so, uh, I'm not sure where it's going to end up. But uh, you know, if if the Leafs aren't able to hold on to him, someone's going to be getting a pretty good hockey player because. You know, he's more than than earned that next contract, whatever the number ends up being. I think just because, you know, in the first year he was sort of known only as a worker bee, and we've seen that he's he's also got some some good talent there. And, and you know, I think he fits with with great players. Yeah, hometown guy does more for charity than anybody else, and what a class act! Knows everybody's name in media and other things like that. So you know, just no shortage of things to say. And speaking about hometown people, Chris, what I like is um, you're younger than me, you're a little bit older than Nick, but. Uh, just in general, and even talking to guys this morning on the good show, they're kind of saying, you know something, I'm tired of old people telling me about the Toronto-Montreal rivalry. There ain't been any rivalry for my whole life, whatever age you happen to be. And that's 100% true. We had a great chance in 1993 almost to get in the Stanley Cup final. Didn't happen. Uh, I'm, I think it's neat that there's a chance on 2021 new terms for hockey fans to embrace and hopefully enjoy a great geographic rivalry and and get to experience, you know, what action and excitement on the ice, which they haven't. Yeah. I mean, I, this, this division is so cool. You know, I'm, I'm fully in the tank for it. I, I love it. I, I, I think it's, it's great. I, I realize there's no perfect setup no matter how you have your league. And, and obviously the circumstances that have led to its creation aren't, aren't great, but you know, I, it's like I'm binge watching a series right now. I mean, I, I pretty much watched every game in the North Division. You know, because there's there's so little overlap. I mean, you can almost do so on on the nights the Leafs aren't playing. I'm, I'm watching these other teams. I'm really focused in on them, and I think it's been great to to see that. And and you know, Montreal, Toronto this year. I mean, I've, I've got a very short career bucket list still that I, I want to achieve. But but one item that's always been on there is a Montreal Toronto playoff series and. Um, you know, this, this is the year where my lottery ticket, I've got like four out of the six numbers right so far. And let, let's hope it continues just cause I think it would be a great spectacle. Um, you know, maybe even if I'm getting greedy, it's the second round, it's June, maybe we can get some fans in the building. Uh, when, when we get to that point, let's hope. Um, but even if that's not the case, I think it'd be awesome to see these teams play. And, and there's just, you know, there's no reason I think it won't happen. You know, I think Winnipeg is, is sneaky good. Uh, you know, I, I watched their game last night with Calgary. I think the Flames, you know, with with Markstrom and Ned are, are a formidable opponent. You know, I, I'm not sure what the Oilers, but you know, right now Montreal and Toronto have been the class of the division, and uh, we're going to get to see them play. I think what seven more regular season games, and then uh, maybe seven more after that. Yeah, I think the only series comparable for me is Ozark, which was outstanding, no doubt about that. And that <laughs> continues on. Uh, CJ, you're the man. Thanks so much for this. Appreciate it. No problem, guys. Uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. That's Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada. But I, I, I totally agree on Zach Hyman. I think he, he deserves anything he wants at this point, Gordo. Well, uh, I think they agree. But this is, again, yeah. where you get, you know, I, I've backed off about the cap issues because, um, you know, even every little bit of money you could free up uh, could have been the difference maker in, in what to, uh, you have to offer Zach Hyman, who's really the only key guy you've got Freddie Anderson and I'm not knocking Freddie Freddie is a key guy but the goaltenders I put in a bit of a different category but uh, I do know like Lance Hornby for example just says like he's just the one guy he knows everybody's name he's just polite to everybody and and he's always available accommodating everybody and uh, whenever I hear of a charity thing going on that's the number one or, commu- or a community service event that's the number one name I hear.
Yeah, it's just disappointing. I mean, it is a business, and we'll see where it goes from here. But Zach Hyman playing some excellent hockey for the Maple Leafs, picks up the empty netter in this 4-2 win here against the Montreal Canadiens. Nick Alberga will wrap things up. Do you think he could get a bump in his Sokoloff ads? Yeah, exactly. Maybe that. That could maybe do it. You never know. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, very good point. That's Gord Stelic on Nick Alberga at the Golden Muzzy. Gord Stelic will wrap things up after this here on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Don't worry, we'll turn the lights off when we leave. But we're not done yet. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. All right, welcome back to Leafs Nation postgame, concluding things here for another Maple Leafs victory, 4-2 against the Montreal Canadiens. They've won two in a row against the Habs to start the season. Eight more. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic, and already I can't wait for Saturday night's rematch. Don't forget, Montreal plays tomorrow, I believe, against Vancouver, Gordo. Yeah, odd quirk that way, and of course, uh, we'll be on 6.30 on uh, Saturday, Leafs Nation pregame, and we have the game once again, a perfect Hockey night in Canada. Feeling it. No doubt about that. This North Division has been outstanding. We hear now from the head coach of the Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon, how good do you feel for Ilya getting his uh, first tonight? And have you had, uh, you know, I, I noticed uh, Nick Antropov working with him. Have you had some of the other coaches trying to keep his confidence going? I feel great for him, first of all. He's worked extremely hard, not just in our games. Uh, and he's had a you know a ton of chances, and he's really worked. He's maintained his good defensive play, and he's continued to work at his game in practices and off days, development days. Um, so it's nice to see him get rewarded for sure. Yeah, you like to see that. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Sheldon, uh, John Tavares was talking about the mindset coming out in the third, wanting to have your best period of the season. Uh, what? What did you see from the team that allowed them to eventually grab the upper hand in hand against a, a quality opponent tonight? Well, that was our mindset. I mean, it was more just really trying to put at the forefront the fact that it's an important game, uh, one that we want to find our way on, uh, to the right side of and uh, push our guys just to, you know, ha- have a real good start to the period. Um, you know, I thought we had played a fine game, but I don't think we had any real strong pushes. And we, we wanted that, and I thought we, we got it. Uh, just thought that we had a little extra, little extra jump uh, to start the period. I thought we cut them on their heels a little bit, and we attacked a lot quicker in transition. All those kind of things really helped us uh, there. I thought we were really good defensively as well. Even when even when they got the puck there uh, at the start of the third, we were we created a lot of turnovers and, and helped us uh, transition. That was a big a big part of it. And obviously, uh, Justin Hall's slap shot had a lot to do with it too. Next up, we'll go to Josh Clipperton, Canadian Press. Go ahead, Josh. On that note, Sheldon, did you know that Justin and Travis had those shots in their tool belts? Oh yeah. Of course, no doubt. They only pull it out when it counts the most. And, and just um, just the way uh, Freddie held you guys in uh, at certain points. So just talk about his about his game tonight. I thought he was good. Uh, obviously, he wants to have the first shot back. Um, took a little bit to get going in the game, as it did our team. But he was solid after that. Uh, but then, you know, uh, a lot of shots coming from the point and from the walls. And a lot of stuff gets thrown in, a lot of traffic. Uh, makes it more challenging against this team. At the same time, I think, you know, like we've been talking about all, you know, all off season and all through camp, uh, our job is as a team 
is to help Fred out and uh, do a job in front of him. And I thought we did that today. There's a lot of things <clears throat> that I like to do better so we can control play a little bit better and, and you know, more like we did at the start of the third period. But again, defensively today, we just didn't we didn't give them very much at all. In fact, I had this as uh, as the lowest uh, lowest number of scoring chances we gave up in a game all season. So, uh, despite some of the volume, I thought our guys did a really good job of protecting them on the ice, not giving anything up on man. Um, you know, the first goal they got in behind us a little bit right at the start of the game, but that was really it. They never got behind us uh, again off the rush. So, those were some of the things we talked about as keys for the game coming in, and I thought our players uh, stuck with it. And then Fred was solid for us there. Take two more. We'll go back to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Sheldon, you me you mentioned the the Hall slap shot. Like, what are you thinking when you see that? You see that as a sign of a really confident guy. He was telling us he looked off William a bit. He saw him Beaver tapping a bit in the corner of his eye, but went for it. Like, what do you see when you watch that? I don't know. I mean, whether he, he endures, I mean, it's just kind of a part of the series. I think it's in, in both cases, uh, you know, the defenders and, and probably the goaltender aren't, aren't expecting him to shoot like that and, and take them on. Um, you know, not often you're going to beat Carey Price with a clean shot like that. Um, but uh, obviously they did. And two, two great shots at the top of the net and massive goals for us. Okay, here's Sheldon Keefe, and there's Sheldon Keefe. Uh, you know, I thought of a great grand idea. Can we get into Zoom calls, like, during our show and ask a question? <laughs> Professional broadcaster Gord Stelic. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, game. anyway, there's a few things we'd like to ask. Hopefully we'll get them at some point. It's interesting. He said that was the fewest scoring chances. Yeah. Uh, they keep the stats internally. Fewest scoring chances against in any game this year. And, mm. and you know, and, and Montreal played well. But like we said, they got a lot of shots, 30-plus shots, but 35 shots, but the Leafs kept them to the outside perimeter and they kind of made it, uh, okay, you're going to take shots and you're going to get offensive zone possession, but it's going to kind of be on uh, uh, on on our territory, on, on the way we want to operate. You're going to do it our way. Yeah, minimal complaints for me when it comes to defensive uh, point in, in this Maple Leafs victory, 4-2 here against Montreal. The out-of-town scoreboard just won their game on this Wednesday happening on Broadway, and it's Brad Marchand, the uh, the OT winner in a game. Julian Gauthier scores his first NHL goal for the Rangers. Yeah, Julian Gauthier was a first-round pick of the Carolina Hurricanes. It never really happened there, so he bounced around a bit. A, a 26 game or something before getting his first goal. So, wow. but Brad Marchand, like, like, hey, come on, don't you score in the final 30 seconds? Not the first 30 seconds of overtime. Isn't that the Bruins' credo of late? But uh, Crazy, the type well, of role they've been on with all this. Them, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Vegas Golden Knights, like like there's some teams up there with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the other divisions. There's there's some teams getting off, off to phenomenal starts. And no surprise, those are the Atlantic Division rivals. And that next year, I'm sure that we'll be back to the you know, the status quo, and those are the teams you're going to have to try to go through. Maybe next year will be Buffalo's year. <laughs> Probably not. Um, that's certainly the, my biggest takeaway from this game tonight is just the the pianos off the back of Ilya Mikheyev uh, to an extent they get Justin Hall and Travis Dermott his first in 405 days, Soupy's first in 411. Great news for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I do remember someone talking about the Buffalo Sabres. Their chances this year would be better if they relocated to Hamilton, right, <laughs> and got in the Canadian division. They're in a tough division this year, but... Uh, all of a sudden, yes, yeah, not Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander. It's the kind of like last night. The Edmonton Oilers had Tyson Berry and uh, Ethan Bear and someone like three defensemen scored for them. 
as well. It wasn't Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. So you got to find different ways to win games, and the Maple Leafs certainly came up with a different one tonight. And again, we invite all Leafs Nation pregame 6.30 on Saturday night. Gord, we do this all over again, this time from Scotiabank Arena. We won't be there, but the Leafs and Habs will be. Yeah, and someday, like Chris Johnson said, <laughs> hopefully some fans will be there because the, these are the best things with the fans in the building. But uh, the Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens, even though the Canadiens lost tonight, doing quite well with no fans in the building for now. I thought you were going to say you and I would be at Scotiabank Arena. We're probably far away from that. I don't know. We'll Never see. Know. Hopefully. we're gonna. If Chris Johnson gets in, we're getting in. Very well said. A 4-2 win here for the Leafs against the Habs for Sam McKee, Danielle Furtado, and Josh Santos, and Gord Stelic, of course. Uh, I'm Nick Alberga. Leafs win again four in a row, eight of nine. We'll talk Saturday.